Welcome to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. Each week brings a new message that looks to invite you into a new life brought by Jesus Christ. We hope you are inspired and changed by God by the message brought by today's speaker. Go down. 
welcome to Champion Church of the Nazarene, where we are growing in Christ, loving people, and making disciples. It is so great to see so many new pa new faces here. He just I just have to, to untie my tongue this morning. Uh, but uh, as you all know, we are having a special baptismal service today, and that is why we started with such an upbeat song, because we should be excited about baptism. We should be excited about what it stands for. It should be, we should be excited about the testimonies that are going to be given today and uh, what God has done in people's lives that they want to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. So we are glad that you're able to join us. If you weren't able to be here in person, we appreciate that you are joining us online through Facebook streaming. Right. If you are watching, please leave a comment so we know that you're worshiping with us. Uh, right now, we're having uh, a little bit of a problem still with the link for our connection cards. So if you do need to get in contact with us, please use Messenger. That way, if there's anything that you don't want everybody and their cousin to know, you can contact us directly through Messenger mm -hmm. and give us that information. We would greatly appreciate that. If you are here and you've got one of those nice little papers called a bulletin that has uh, some uh, upcoming events that are going to be going on in the church, at the back. There is a sheet of paper that rips off. It's perforated. It's really easy to do. Uh, if we could get your information, and when we take our offering, just slide it in there. It's just a good way for us to be able to let you know about some upcoming events. Uh, also, if you have any prayer requests that you want to jot down for us, that we could be praying for you. If you have any praises, this is a good time to put those down on your connection card. That way, um, Debbie in the office can update our prayer list and our newsletters and let people know that God's moving. God is working and God is doing things in people's lives. So we greatly appreciate when you're able to do all of those things. So uh, I think uh, in that uh, uh, venue, I think I'm going to have uh, Debbie come up. Uh, she actually has an announcement that she wants to give about something that is current, uh, coming up very shortly. Hazel's supposed to come. She didn't come. <laughs> um, August 26th, we're having a picnic, and we hope that you'll all be there. Uh, there's a sign-up sheet in the back. We're going to have games, and uh, hot dogs and hamburgers will be provided. So we, we always have such a good time, and so you're all welcome to come. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to do things a little bit different today. Uh, we're actually going to dismiss the kids now because they're going to go down to junior church they're going to have uh, a, a good time of devotion and have their lesson and a little bit of activities. But then they're going to come back at the end of the service so that they can partake in the baptismal service and see uh, how that happens and, and what we do during a baptismal service. So we're going to go ahead and dismiss the kids now. And then you guys will be coming up a little bit later before the baptism takes place. And then after the kids walk out, if our ushers could walk up, please. Go ahead and join Stephanie in the back. Dear Heavenly Father, what a joy and privilege it is to be in your house today. We thank you for each and every one that's present. We pray for a special blessing upon their life. Lord, we're excited about this service today. It means so much to so many of us. You've been good. We just ask, Lord, that you fill us with your presence. We want to be more of you and less of us. Dear Father, we ask that each giver give to... Um, 
give generously. Lord, we pray that you would um, bless each one, I pray. And dear Father, be with our service. Anoint our pastor with words from you. We love you. We thank you for all of your many, many blessings. In your honor, we pray.
John 3.16. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, and whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Those are the core beliefs that we're talking about when you hear that phrase, for all who believe in his name. That is what it means to believe in his name, to believe those core beliefs of who he is, what he's done, what's coming, and how he's able to be with you in your life as you live out a Christian life. Those are the core beliefs. Those are the beliefs that are going to be put on display today as we do baptism. People who are coming up for baptism isn't because, well, it's Sunday morning and they want to take their bath for the month. That's not what we're doing up here. The water may be tempted and it might be bath water uh, uh, temperatures, but that's not why we come up here. We come up here because we're being obedient and we're giving a testimony to the public to let them know. I have decided that Jesus Christ is Lord. I have decided to turn from my sins. I have decided to follow Jesus and to love him. And when we have that opportunity and when we ask Christ to know our lives, then we have that other opportunity to be filled with his Holy Spirit. And when we're in the presence of God, it's like being bathed.
Isn't it great to know that when we come into the presence of a God, as a family, as a church, and individually, in our quiet place, Absolutely. in our prayer closet, around annoying employees, around annoying siblings, around annoying family members, isn't it great to know that when we're in the presence of God, we are given a gift. We are given amazing grace, amazing mercy. And when we're given that grace and we're given that mercy, we're given an opportunity for a freedom that we don't deserve. A freedom that releases us from our chains of sin. Because there is no law about loving people. There is no law about being kind. There is no law about being selfless. There is no law about those things. So when we're given that amazing grace and God gives us the ability to live those things out in our lives, it's like being released from those chains that are bonding everybody else. Amazing grace, my chains are free. sound that saved a wretch 
As you can tell, there's a theme to the songs that we've been singing today. 
talked about baptism at the beginning. We talked about the core of our beliefs, the creed of the Christian faith. We talked about God's presence is like holy water, like honey on our lips. The things that refresh and renew us and give us strength. We talked about his amazing grace and how important it is for us to survive on that grace. Today, we're going to be listening to testimonies. Today, we're going to be watching people come up here in front of everybody and say, these are the decisions that I've made. And as far as I'm concerned, there is no turning back. Christ is before me. His cross is before me. My old life is behind me. My old sin is behind me. These are things that I've given up for Christ because he loved me so much that in return I have no choice but to love him again. Please join with me as we sing No Turning Back. I have decided I called out his name I'm following Jesus now and he knows the way I made up my mind I leave it behind no Just call out his name. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided I'm following Jesus. No turning back. No turning back.
You know, today is a different day in the life of the church than we normally celebrate Sunday to Sunday, and that is okay. I have a fear that sometimes in some churches they do the same thing every Sunday and it loses some of its specialness. Not, of course, about baptism that we're going to be doing, but there's other things. I've been in churches where they do communion every Sunday and they have to work very hard to keep it from becoming a habit only. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I want us to understand that today is an extremely special, special day. We have been here right at sea, April, May, June, July, a little over four months, four and a half months. For the past few Sundays, we have shared about this theme of baptism. We have shared about the baptism of forgiveness. That is a baptism that we defined in our sermons and absolutely and only from here, that it is a baptism that we share about and have when we come to the point of Jesus Christ being Lord of our life where we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from the unrighteousness we have. That's the baptism of forgiveness. We have shared some also about what we're going to do today of the baptism of water, and we're going to get into that in more detail today. We have shared that John the Baptist was the primary person for whom that God used to institute, in essence, this baptism of water in and for the life of the believer. John was also the one, if you remember, that, used, that God used to start a different kind of preaching. He did not inc include or in, uh, enforce, i.e. make you bring an animal sacrifice for forgiveness. It was the confession of sins, asking God to forgive them, and then they were baptized. That was completely revolutionary. Can you actually imagine what some of those Sadducees, Pharisees, and Nabinese, that's as funny as it's going to get, would have thought and did think about John? This is completely different. It's against the law. It's against everything we've known. It's completely transformative in terms of what we want to think about, and we don't like it. And there's going to be times when people say or do things that are going to be different, but that does not make it wrong. Jesus made it different. John the Baptist prepared the way by making it different. We also spoke for a bit about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and that's when the Holy Spirit comes to infill the person that has now been cleansed to where he infills us, we surrender not only our sin, but we surrender our will. We surrender us. We surrender our nature and our desire to sin. And he comes in and infills us, takes up residence in us, transforms our renewing of our mind, our heart, our spirit, our will. And he crucified, we are then crucified with Christ. Yet not I, but Christ that lives within us and the will is crucified. Paul tells us that at that point, Jesus, Holy Spirit, i.e. the Holy Spirit, takes up residence in, our, in us, we become the temple of the Holy Spirit. Today we focus very exclusively on a very celebratory time. It is the baptism of water. It is Baptism Sunday. There are going to be some among us who will celebrate this journey of their journey with Christ by having stepped into the water and come up out of the water. They will go down as believers, they will come up wet, but they will be coming up as a testimony of what God has done in their life and as a testimony and an affirmation publicly to say we have decided to not only be transformed by Jesus, we have decided that from this point on we are following Jesus. And we are going to be made disciples even in a deeper and, de more, deep, uh, in a deeper and more maturing way. Do you know your own selves, folks, that you've confessed your sins? 
That's a tough question on Baptism Sunday. Well, we're here about people who have. Yes, but do you know that you have? Do you know that you believe in Jesus, that he has a life for you? I'm going to be asking these two questions as we take them down. Do you, and I'll call them by name, know that you have confessed your sins to Jesus and know that he has forgiven you? And they will answer, I do. Well, I have talked with them. They have affirmed to me. We have talked extensively, and they absolutely convinced me that is exactly who they are and where they're at. So please, let's give grace. Do you know that, and the second question, do you believe that Jesus is alive for your in deeper discipleship and that you're being transformed and going forward from here? And they will answer, I do. Baptism is not simply an act. It is not a ritual in and of itself. It is not just something we choose to do in the church to make it a nice Sunday where we can have a deviation of something else. It is sacred. It is holy. It is absolute that Jesus and God commands us to do. It is a testimony of the believer, the work of forgiveness and confession by the life of that they have been forgiven to follow Jesus. It is holy and sacred. This is a pivot point in the life of each believer here from this point forward. This is a point of the, in the belief of the life from this point forward for Russell, Crystal, and Timothy. And we're going to celebrate them and with them. Baptism. There are many of you who have had baptism. There are many of you who can testify to baptism. I'm going to call some people up here now, and um, they have agreed to share two, three, four, five minutes, the first one a couple minutes. And I'm, let me just say this. Carla doesn't normally speak in public. That's, that's Rick's deal. Um, she kidded me and said, yeah, he's the big mouth of the family. Um, but us men sometimes can be that way. But Carla is not usually. But I've asked her to come up as you're coming. She's going to be first. And then Roy is going to come up. So Roy, you can come up and sit on the front seat wherever you went to. And uh, Kathy Beals is going to come up and sit on the front seat. <clears throat> and they're going to share what happened with them when they got baptized, what it meant, and how it's affected them. Here you go. There you go. My testimony is I did accept Christ as a child and I was baptized, but <clears throat> most recently um, I renewed that in 2003. Hallelujah. And uh, at my age, I just felt like I really wanted to renew that, my commitment to Christ and follow him and to live a life that uh, would reflect that. I think that's really important, you know, to do, to do those things. And... Uh, you know, this is a short testimony, but I surely hope that I do reflect that and that people can see that because it's, it is really important to me to live in a way that glorifies God. And uh, thank you for letting me share that. Amen. Thank you. Roy? Thank you, Carla. Good morning. There's always time for hugs, folks. Thank you. Uh, first of all, I'd like to thank God for his faithfulness in my life. Amen. It's almost been 59 years ago. Man, I had to think back, way back when I was in high school. From the football field to a little church there where the high school I went to. We'd practice football, you know, usually in the fall of the year. And uh, 
this, the pastor at that church, his son was a football player, and he invited us to the church. So after football, we'd kind of mingle around for a while and then wait around till the church service started. Brother Rowe was the pastor. Man, I had to really think way back. Because, you know, that's long years ago. Like you said, his son was named Butch. And, you know, God is so faithful in my life. In that little church, I was baptized, I was saved and baptized on a Wednesday night. Which, I don't know, maybe that's probably happened a lot before. But uh, God did a new thing in my life. You know, the Bible says that old things are passed away and all right. things are new. And that's, that's the way it was with me. The next day when I went out on the football field, I looked up in the heavens and things were just different. Hallelujah. The clouds looked different. The trees looked different. So God had done something in my life. And, you know, it was really a tribute to, to people that prayed for us. Uh, I'm sure the brother brother Roe had prayed for me because I don't know how, I don't know how many times I've been in that church before, you know I got saved, you know it, it could have been a week I mean it could have been a month I don't know, you know and, and through the years I wandered from God a, 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 maybe a few times, but during those times God placed people around me, for one was David in the military. I'll never forget him. He was a guy of God. Other people were pastors. Uh, when we moved to uh, Choctaw, Oklahoma, uh, our kids were pretty small. Uh, there's a, we had, Karen and I, we had gone to churches, you know, off and on, got married in church and all that. But we went there, and uh, the church, the Nazarene church was probably about a mile from where I lived. And the, there was a guy, he's still alive today, his name was Bob. And I, I can still see him driving that old red Ford pickup up to the house. And he'd come every Saturday morning, ran candy to the kids, inviting you know, people to the church. I wasn't the first one to go. My wife was. She's pretty faithful to go to church and, you know, take the kids. Later on, these people have prayed for me for a lot of years, you know. I got back in the church, and actually, the guy Bob, I was doing some of the same work that he did, bus ministry for a lot of years there in the church. So, you know, there's a lot of people that, Pastor Steve, he come later. Pastor Harold, he was one of the first ones there. I always remember he'd come by the house and pray for me. So, you know, God, he just put a lot of people around me that uh, kind of steadied my life. But I just want to thank him. He's, he's been just so good uh, through the years. Uh, you know, I've mentioned to a lot of people. Uh, I'm not from here, so about six and a half years ago, well, our son was going through a lot of, a lot of, uh, problems in his life and he called me and he said daddy he said I think you need to come so we moved here and uh, 
I'm just kind of looking for a church. And Sean, he, he found this church here. He went here for four or five years. Most of the people here remember him. And uh, the girls come to church here too. So, you know, sometimes you just don't know where God's going to lead you. You know? Right. I had to move, you know, 1,200 miles from where we were at. But God's been good, you know. Sometimes you, you just don't you just don't understand things, but you can look back on it and you can see where, like I said, that guy David, he was there. God put me in that cubicle with him for a lot of years. I don't, I didn't always do right. But David he'd bring me a Bible. He was a he was a mess cook. He'd bring me some food up from the mess hall. And you just don't forget people like that, you know, because, and I've wondered, you know, about those people. And I always wanted to tell you about this other guy. I played football with him. I just learned several years ago. His name was Ronnie. His, his dad run a filling station there where we lived. The town, this is, this is weird, you know, it was called Bowlegs, Oklahoma. And his father ran a, a little filling station there. And as far as I can remember, they never went to church. And, one of my friends called me and, and said that uh, Ronnie was a uh, become a pastor for 40 years, and I said, "Man, there's no telling how many people." There was two churches actually there in that area. One, the church, the 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 uh, school was on the right hand side, and one church sat way back in there. That's where I was saved in that little church, and there was an Assembly of God church that kind of down the street a little bit. I thought about that. I said, "You know, there's no." I was not the only one that was baptized into that church, into Christ that on that Wednesday night. So I thank God, you know, because uh, you know He's still in control. Amen. Uh, he loves Lord. us, and uh, He wants us all to be saved and baptized and go to heaven to be with Him forever and ever. Thank you. a little different story. Um, I have in my hand my actual certificate of baptism, and it says, in obedience to the command of our Lord Jesus Christ and in imitation of his example, Catherine Ann Brewer, that was my name then, was buried with him in baptism, February the 1st, 1976. However, in February of 1976. I was also pregnant with my first child. Uh, she was born in July of 1976. She was a bad, she was a bicentennial baby. And my story is, this probably shouldn't have happened, wouldn't have happened, but God does work through us. Right. I, was, I was part of a family, my father was an atheist, and I've shared this story with some people here, but not everybody knows my story. Um, he was a very evil man, abusive man, and there was five of us kids. There was four girls, and then he finally had his son. That was his, that was his deal in life. He had to have a son. Girls were nothing to him, and um, we lived through a lot of abuse. And my journey into learning about God came through some quirky things. Um, back in the day, we used to get little New Testaments when we went to school. They don't do that now. 
And I remember hiding that little book and reading it because my curiosity was there. Even though I was being told that there was no God, there's, there's nothing to live for like that. And then the other little things that would come along would be the Jehovah Witness flyers. And um, we all know what those are. And sometimes those little flyers would show up at our doors when my father wasn't there. So I would sneak them and read little things. And, you know, there was a seat deep down inside me, and it grew, even though my father tried to destroy it. So yes, I found God. It took several years. I had to leave home, and that was my first experience with God and with being in a church. And I was 18 years old when that happened. And the other part of my story is my sister. She's two years younger than me, and she lives in Columbus. Chris never came to know God until about five or six years ago. And um, she came to know God through her son, now, Anthony, um, being a child, a biracial child in Columbus, was on the wrong road, so to speak. He got involved in gangs and things, and um, someone stepped into his life and urged him to go to police academy, and then along the road, he got involved in a church out there. So through Anthony, my sister, finally became involved in a church, and she is involved now. It's a large church, and was baptized. And Chris is two, two years younger than me, so she's 64 now. So this was only five or six years ago. That's how long her road took. And in regards to all of that, her son is an amazing person. He is a, um, he's a speaker. If anybody is on YouTube or Facebook or Instagram or anything like that, if, if you look up Officer Anthony Johnson or, oh, no, it's the Popo, he's the dancing cop that's in Columbus, and that is my nephew. He's an inspirational speaker. He goes all over the country speaking. And even though my father said there was no God and that there was nothing us girls were ever going to be worthy of, don't ever fool yourself that God doesn't think about you. Right. God loves you, and he will take care of you. Mine's Amen. been a very long road. Hasn't been easy, but God has been there through it. Amen. And a special blessing eight and a half years ago when my friend Donna invited me to this church, and I thank her every single day. This has been my home, and I love everybody that's here, and I love everybody that's been here. So baptism is important. It's a big step in your life, and it will change you. And that's my story. Thank you. You cannot beat the personal testimony of people. They tell their story of what happened to them in their heart, in their life, because of God. And, and, and I would not negate that or diminish that or refuse to hear that any time. We've now heard from some of our myths that this was, is a holy celebration that did occur and are, is still being celebrated today. But water baptism is holy and it gives us a testimony, a celebration of what God has done in our life. I want to share with you today to begin with our theme, our sermon in a sentence, and our text. No slides? It's okay. We'll just do it. Okay. I now know. Okay. Sorry. Our theme today is the biblical perspective of baptism. Holy 
baptism is a holy testimony and holy celebration. It is. It's a holy testimony and a holy celebration. Our sermon in a sentence is this. Holy baptism is a holy testimony of the holy work of God, grace, in the heart of the now new believer, and it should be celebrated. Let me tell you about our text this morning. We are going to start with one text, and then we're going to springboard into a lot of other texts. So our start text today is in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 2 through, uh, uh, chapter 2, verse 11. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 11. I'll let you get your Bibles, I'll let you get your phones, whatever you want to do. But that's where we're going to start with. There's very few people that are going to say, that's a great baptismal service text. It seems like it's something different. But I am going to tie it in today. And since the Bible agrees with the Bible, it is okay to do that. We still stand on this word of the Bible. We believe it is holy. We believe that it is true. We believe it's without error. And we believe it is unified. And so I'm going to tie a verse in Hebrews into the rest of the study texts as well. Our text today is Hebrews chapter 2, verse 11. For he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one source. That is why he is not ashamed to call them brothers. Now that does not specifically say baptism, but it does because sanctified. Sanctified. I want to springboard off of that, and where I want to go is to take a biblical survey of the scriptures and see some biblical references of baptism. I want for you, for point one, we're going to talk about John the Baptist. For point two, we're going to talk about Jesus, and for point three, we are going to talk about the apostles. I don't have the slides, so I'm just going to give you a forerunner and a little bit of a, ahead of time information. We're going to talk about John the Baptist, we're going to talk about Jesus, and we're going to talk about the apostles. And the kids are coming up, so we're going to let them come in, and then we'll do the service, the message, and then we're going to do the baptism. So thank you, Stephanie, for bringing them. Point one, John the Baptist. Let's look in your Bibles, if you would, in Matthew, Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. Matthew 3, 1 through 12. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Isn't that interesting? He preached repentance first. For this is what he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. Now John wore a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. Then, Jer then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region went to the Jordan, were going out to see him. They were baptized by him in the river Jordan and confessing their sins. See how it's interwoven? He preached repentance, then he had baptism. But when he saw many Pharisees, ooh, and Sadducees, oh, Coming to his baptism, I suppose in the, in the context here is, is the, looks like from in studying it, that they wanted to get baptized as well. So they could be part of, in their view, the production. 
the show, the happening, because they always wanted to be seen, always wanted to be noted, always wanted to be adhered to, and always wanted to be acknowledged. But what did John say? He said to them, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Again, they could not have baptism until they had repented. Do not presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able to raise up from these stones those who are children of Abraham. Even now the axe is laid to the root of the tree. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize with you with water for repentance. He's turned back again to the other people. He's dealt with the Sadducees and Pharisees. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand. He will clear the threshing floor. He will gather his wheat into the barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. John the Baptist. John the Baptist initiated water baptism as done by God, the Holy Spirit. John was called to initiate this thing we are going to celebrate here in a few minutes. Water baptism. Verses 1 through 2, John preached repentance first. And he also preached it against and to the Sadducees and Pharisees. They could not have baptism until they had repented. Do we see that? You say, you're repeating, Pastor. Yes, I am, because it is extremely, extremely, extremely important for us to realize the chronology of what God wants. God, through John the Baptist, prevented water baptism until there was repentance baptism. Repentance. In verses 5 through 12, John preached the holy revival. Let me start that again. John preached holy water baptism very boldly. All who heard his preaching. No one was left out. Everyone that came heard it. They could not help but understand it. They did not have any microphones. They did not have services like this. They did not have buildings like this where people could hear better, where there was great acoustics. He just screamed it out and shouted it out so people could hear. I do not know if he preached to a few and then had water baptism and then preached to a few more and then had water baptism. My suspicion is he preached to great many and then had water baptism of the great many. I do not know. It doesn't tell us. It isn't important. But what he did do was this. He preached baptism after he shared repentance need. That's the chronology God chooses. He was dressed in camel's hair and a cloak. That was likened unto Elijah. That was likened unto Elijah. Elijah was considered a hairy man, and he wore a belt and a cloak about him. And here is John the Baptist coming in the spirit of Elijah, preparing the way of the Lord of Jesus, fulfilling Scripture, starting it new, doing a new thing, doing it in a new way, New ways are not always old ways, and old ways are not always new ways, but neither way is always bad ways. That said, John the Baptist started it new in a new way for a new vision and for a new journey. It was the right way. He, John the Baptist, ate locusts and wild honey. He ate food of the poor, not royalty. He did not have to have the long garbs. He did not have to have the headbands. He did not have to have the waist belt of the Sadducees and Pharisees to be recognized and to be considered that he was the one who should do this. He was John the Baptist, called of God, <coughs> pardon me, set apart by God for the message of God 
about the Son of God. He, John the Baptist, elevated the focus of others to be repentant for their right relationship, and he kept himself humble even to and with the Pharisees. He did not cut them down. He did not say, you are not to be here at all. He did not fail to recognize them and their position. What he did do to them was share with them and tell them they need to quit being, as he called them, a brood of vipers. They're here for everything they can get and to poison the message of God. But here's what you need to do. You need to repent. Repent. And he, John the Baptist, acknowledged the one who was coming after him. Another baptism. Remember, we shared before, as we have shared in the weeks before this, we shared today that there is forgiveness, repentance, baptism. There is water, testimony, celebration, baptism. And there is Holy Spirit, infilling, baptism. And here John is speaking of it before it happens. Aren't you glad the Bible gives us what we need to know? So we can know where we need to go. And then we know what we need to do and become and live and experience. It took and still takes holy humility to submit to holy water baptism. John the Baptist emulated this. It's nothing proud you're going to have of people getting up here and, and uh, wanting to be recognized. They're going to take off their shoes. They're in plain clothes. Nothing special, no three-piece suit, no tuxedos, no great evening dresses, T-shirts, pants, no shoes and socks. Humility. Ladies and gentlemen, that speaks large. The humble heart can experience a holy heart that can have a celebratory heart. Water baptism follows and goes with repentance. We've said that water baptism is holy, and John the Baptist showed this via the baptism of repentance that precedes water baptism, and both are followed with Holy Spirit baptism. Both baptisms were a new start. Both baptisms are a new celebration. Both baptisms are for us to celebrate with. Holy baptism is a holy testimony of the holy work of grace in the heart and new for the now believer in Christ that should be celebrated. Point one was John the Baptist. He initiated it. Point two is Jesus. Jesus modeled it. He lived it. And for us, he modeled it. I'm going to continue in Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. Let's read it together. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. That's hugely important, and we will share that. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized of you, and do you come to me? But Jesus, isn't that some of the most gracious words in the Bible? But Jesus answered him, let it be so now. For this is fitting to fulfill all of righteousness. Then he, John the Baptist, consented. When Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water. And behold, the heavens opened. He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Jesus 
modeled it. Jesus modeled it. It seems to me that it's extremely important that if Jesus models something, teaches something, demonstrates something, lives something, we ought to maybe take note. Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized. It was a plan of his. He didn't come to teach. He came to be baptized to begin his earthly ministry. You may remember the story well. If you go on through the rest of that chapter, it, it tells us of the temptations of Jesus. I'm going to tell all three of you that are going to get baptized today. I'm just going to have a bit of a conversation in front of everybody. So it's not really private. But let's just have a conversation. After today... You are going to be celebrating, you are going to be testifying, you are going to be committing to a different and a deeper walk with Jesus. But I'm going to also share this with you, three of you. You're going to face temptation, perhaps like you've never done it before. You're going to face opposition, perhaps like you've never had it before. But you're also going to experience the grace of God that transcends all understanding to get you through it like you've never had before. Jesus has not led the three of you to this point. Or if others want to join after that, any of you to this point. Except this, that he is confirmed by you and he will live in you so that he can make victory through you over sin and prepare you for that other baptism of Holy Spirit. It is that important. The water baptism you have today is a testimony, but you also need to know that even as Jesus did, you also will face temptation. John wanted to prevent it, but Jesus would not have anything of it. To be baptized on earth and in front of others, Jesus did this. That's humility. The very Son of God, and the first thing he did publicly as an adult. Now, he went to the temple as a child, but the first thing he did publicly as an adult was to go to a person, not a divine entity, and to ask to be and to be, tell him to let him be baptized by that person in front of everybody else and put himself, quote unquote, down on their level. They had been hearing repentance. He was already repentant. He was a pure son of God. He was as pure as pure can get. They had been told to get baptized. They went down and they came up. And now he was saying, Baptize me also. Powerful. The sacrificial system was public and the baptism was public. Jesus came publicly to show that he was fulfilling what was required as a testimony that he is righteous. When they brought a sacrifice to Jesus, it was public to say, I am still with Jesus. Jesus went down to fulfill righteousness so that he could show that he was also righteous. He is fulfilling the heart of God and is above any deep deficits in his life and the heart before God. And he knew it, but he also testified of it in front of people. That same submission is what the scribes and the Pharisees could not debate. You do not see one thing here in Matthew 3 that debates Jesus' humility and testimony. Ladies and gentlemen, and especially to you three, there will be nothing that can debate your testimony of today. You will have a testimony. You will have a celebration. You will have an event that no one can deny. Not just because of the paper we're going to give you, but because of the mind that you have of the memory and the heart that you have that you know. 
Remember what all three said? They knew something was different. They knew something was different. And it wasn't, well, it went down, was, went down dry and came up wet, dried off, and went home. It was something totally different. Thank God for grace that takes our lives and makes something totally different. John consented. John was finalizing his own obedience to prepare the way of the Lord. John was later asked, what do you think about this Jesus guy? And he said, he must increase. He, Jesus, must increase. I, John, must decrease. Jesus is baptized with water, sowing submission to water, a baptism. Jesus received the Holy Spirit coming on him as, he, as a dove, resting on him, speaking of him to all around. And here is the same Messiah John has been preaching about, telling about. There is one coming after me. I am not worthy to unstrap his sandals. But he will come and he will baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And here was the same testimony at the same place, in front of the same crowd, that it is now among us. It is Jesus. This same one that I told you is coming is now here. Point B is in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. It is part of what we call the Great Commission. Jesus gives it. He is resurrected. He has uh, told them that he is about to go back to the Father. And Jesus is going to give them something that is completely different than what they have heard before. He has restored them on the Sea of Galilee. He is now going to share with them something different now that they are restored, what they should do. In Acts chapter 1, he, after he gives them this, he says to go back and wait until you get the power from on high to do this. But here's what Jesus tells them to do. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, Go therefore... Go. The first two letters of the word God are action. Go. The first three letters of Satan are in action. Sad. Go. Therefore, make disciples of all nations. Ready? Baptizing them. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. All three. All three. The plan of God for salvation. The Son of God for repentance. The Holy Spirit of God for fire and Holy Spirit after. And in that repentance, as we saw, water. Wow. Jesus came from Galilee, and now he is there to make, and he tells them to do this go, make disciples. The same emphasis was first, repentance, then baptism of water. Baptism or repentance, and then baptism of water. Go, exclude no one, go to all nations, all cultures, all people, all belief systems, all associations of people. All those who may even disagree with you or the Bible. Boy, that's powerful. But still go with this same message. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. 
but baptize them also after you tell them the message of repentance. Go, do all this in the name of the Father, the one who sent Jesus, in the name of the Son, the fulfillment of what John spoke, and after repentance, then the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Point C is this, Matthew 28, 20. We read 28, 19. Do what? Teach them to observe all things I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Teach them. Teach us. If you decide to keep coming to this church, we will welcome you. We will scoot over with you. We will have picnics with you. We will have meals with you. We will have fellowship with you, and we will include you, and we will learn with you together. You have such a great, infinitesimal, immeasurable, eternal value that Jesus planned for you. And you were special. And today is one thing that we want all to experience. Jesus commanded us. It is our ministry that we are to do because it is his ministry that he wants done. Holy baptism is a holy testimony of a holy work in the heart of the now new believer and should be celebrated. As we shared, point one was John the Baptist. He initiated it. Point two is Jesus. He modeled it. And point three, we're going to talk about Acts. They continued it. The apostles continued it. I want us to go to Acts chapter 2, verse 41. Acts chapter 2, verse 41. Need to go back. I have to turn too far. So those who received the words he bore, i.e., he who? Peter. Peter is in the middle of his first sermon after he, they, he, they, and all the others were baptized by the Holy Spirit. So after they, those who received his words before uh, of what Peter bore, i.e. what Peter said, were baptized. They received the words, then they were baptized. Isn't that important? Are we getting it? Are we getting it? The apostles are continuing it. John the Baptist started it. Jesus modeled it. Jesus commanded it. And now the apostles are continuing it. And there were added to that day about three thousand souls. I'd be thrilled to have 300 come to Jesus in any one sermon. I've come close a few times, if not a little bit over, when a, in a congregation of 200 or 2,000 overseas. As a guest missionary, so people came in. But I'm going to tell you what, 3,000? Well, I didn't get my seat. Hallelujah. People coming, we don't get our seat, but we get people who come to Jesus. And then they got baptized. The apostle Peter preached repentance to the people first. The people received the word that, P that Peter and the apostles bore or shared. Those who received the message of Peter and received the baptism of repentance were then baptized. The apostles did <coughs> what they and we are commanded to do by the Great Commission. 
Those who received the message of Peter were repentant and then were baptized in water, were then added to the church as members of the church. Wow. They weren't just, okay, you did it, we're done. No. The Cathedral Quartet used to sing a song, and Karen's going to know what I'm, gonna, what I'm about to go into. We, we sing it together sometimes. Step into the water, wait out a little bit deeper, wet your feet in the water of his love. Water. Water. Are we getting it? It is inextricably impossible to be part of the brotherhood of Jesus without having been repentant and baptized. And therein are we brothers in G in G with Jesus, but also we do not bring shame. Remember our text? Remember our text in Hebrews? Jesus wants us to be part of his brotherhood so that we can be connected with him. He who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one source, and that is why he is not ashamed to call them brothers. Jesus did not ever baptize anyone himself, but through the apostles and us, he commends and commands us to do and baptisms in churches, in our congregations, among ourselves. Yes, you can get to heaven by forgiveness of sins without being held under and baptized. Yet as you walk in the grace, and let's say you go out, let's go back to that, let's say you go out of here, you know you're forgiven, and you get in some kind of a something, and you go to into eternity. If you are a believer, you still go to heaven. That's just the way it is. God provided that. And yet as we mature in Christ, God brings us to this point to where we will want and need to be baptized. Point B, I shared with you point A was in Acts 2. Point B is Acts 8, 36 to 38. I have shared it before. I'm going to share it again. Acts 8, 36 through 38. You may remember the story well. Philip is on his way. He picks up a chariot ride, and it's with an Ethiopian eunuch. He sees the man reading it, and he says, Can anybody explain this to me? And then Philip outlines from Isaiah about Jesus. It's interesting to note and powerful to note that the Ethiopian eunuch was not a Jew. He was a Gentile. And, he, and the Ethiopian unit says, I believe. So therefore, he was a proselyte. He was already a believer. And then we go into this part of the scripture, verse 36 through 38 in chapter 8. Let's read it together. Can we do that? As they were going along, who they? Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. They, they were on the road, and they came to some water. And the eunuch said, see... Here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? Do you see that? 
Philip said, if you believe with all of your heart, you may. And he, the Ethiopian eunuch, replied, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He was already a believer. And then 38, and he, we don't know which he here. It's unclear, but somebody commanded. I'm suspicious it's probably the Ethiopian eunuch because he had commanded his stone chariot. He commanded the chariot to stop. It was not an option. It was, this is your order, son. Pull them reins and we're stopping right here. And they both, Peter, I'm sorry, Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch went down into the water. Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. He, Philip, baptized him, the Ethiopian eunuch. Verse 39 and 40 go on to say, they came up out of the water. Philip was taken up. He was next found in Astos. And the, and the Ethiopian eunuch went on his way, transformed, different, changed, and another experience and a testimony. See, here is water. See, here is water. We now have the time. We now have the place. We now have the means. Can I have it happen? What prevents me from being baptized? I am hungry. I am seeking. I am desiring. I want to be obedient. I am a believer. And if I were to rephrase exactly what Philip said to the man and do it in one word, it would be this. Nothing. Nothing. You're a believer. Remember I said we had asked these people some questions. And we're going to ask him again. What prevents him, from him, the Ethiopian eunuch, from being baptized? Nothing. What prevents these three from being baptized? Nothing. What prevents you, if you want to, from being baptized again? If you're a believer? Nothing. Chariot was commanded to stop, no other option. And Philip baptized the man. Nothing of the past mattered. Isn't that powerful? We don't know the life that the Ethiopian eunuch lived before. We just know that he believed about Jesus being the Messiah. That's all that mattered. The past is just that, the past. Nothing of the culture or affiliation was important. Well, he wasn't a Jew, so what? He was a believer in Jesus. Nothing stopped Philip from being obedient to the great commission of baptizing the Ethiopian eunuch. Unnamed. Isn't that important? All, but all important. Why? Because we don't need to know the name of the people in the Bible that were baptized. We don't need to know the names across eternity that have been baptized. Jesus knows. But what we do know is that they wanted and they received and they were. That's how valuable you are. You have just as much value and just as much importance in the scheme of God as anyone else. And then Acts in chapter 9, point C, Acts 9, verses 9 through 19. Acts 9, 9 through 19. You may remember the story well. Paul, who was then Saul of Tarsus, 
was on his way. He had letters from the church that he was going to arrest and imprison and kill those who believed in what then was called the way. That's the name of the Gentile church, the way. And he was on the Damascus Road, and he was knocked off, as one preacher put it, knocked off his high horse. And he heard a voice, and he had a light come to him. And he repented. And there he is, blind as blind could be. He had to be led from there. They brought him into Damascus. He was on his way already to Damascus, on the Damascus Road. And he ended up going to Damascus all right, but he couldn't see a thing. Now let's pick up with verse 9. He was there for three days and without his sight and neither ate nor drank. He was fasting. He knew the discipline of fasting. Ladies and gentlemen, we have called you to prayer and fasting. We have prayer on Sunday morning. We have uh, in Sunday school class. We have prayer on Sunday morning down here. We have prayer on Wednesday evening. We have prayer on Saturday evening. We call us to prayer. We also call us to fasting. I will share this with you though. This, that those who fast are just simply doing without food if they are not doing it for the cause of Christ. But he was fasting. He didn't know what to do. He had fasted before. It wasn't for the cause of Christ, but he had fasted before. But now he knew the discipline of fasting, and he was in the process of fasting because he didn't know what was going on. Verse 10, it's like God says, stop the process, stop the story. I want to insert something else. Now, there was a disciple at Damascus, same town, not far away, named Ananias. And the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, aren't you glad God knows our names? And he, Ananias, said, here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, rise, go to the street called Straight at the house of Judas. Look for a man of Tarsus named Saul, for behold, he is praying. I got news for you folks. When we pray, God hears. We may have to labor at it. God hears. God delights. God sees. God answers. God knows. And it's there. And he has seen a vision. Who he? Saul. Not Paul yet, but Saul has seen a vision. A man named Ananias. Um. That's you, bud. He has seen a vision of Anani a man named Ananias come in, lay his hands on him so that he would regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man. Remember the Ethiopian eunuch? The Ethiopian eunuch, his past didn't matter. Here we are again. Repentance. Saul. All the horror of hell on earth to the church then that he had helped to bring about, his past no longer mattered. I have heard from many about this man, says Saul, what he's done to your saints. So in essence, to you. He has authority from the chief priest to bind who all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, aren't you glad there's a but God of grace? Go, for he who saw the same guy that has authority to imprison and do all that he's been doing, go, he's a chosen instrument of mine. 
I do not know why God has chosen people in the past. There are people that I would no more have chosen than anything in the world. Past doesn't matter. He would, and he would bear my name to the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for the, my, the, name of, the sake of my name. So Ananias departed. Isn't that interesting when God tells you, I know what I'm doing. Ananias didn't argue. He wanted to know what was going on, but there was no end of discussion, no argument. What did Ananias do? He picked up his keys. He surrendered his will. He no longer considered the past. And he went. He entered the house. No delay. No sidetracks. No, you might, you might want to come with me. I'm just not sure about this. He just went. He entered the house and laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, wow. No longer Saul, but Brother Saul. Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road which you came has sent me so that you can regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. He had already believed, and now regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. We may get to that in a few sermons. Hmm. And immediately something like scales fell from the eyes of Saul, and he, Saul, regained his sight. Immediately. Then he saw arose and was baptized, taking food. He saw was strengthened. Ever done without food for one meal? Two? A day? Two days, Saul had done it for three days, seeking God, broken, desperate. God heard, God delighted in, God answered prayer. God heard, God delighted in. God answered prayer. Saul's reputation preceded him and would not leave him. Even Ananias was afraid, even despite God telling him to go. <clears throat> he had questions because Saul's reputation was unquestioned. Even Saul had said things and done things. Saul was greatly feared, but Ananias heard a voice commanding him to be baptized. Even Saul was still without any proof of conversion in front of people. Ananias obeyed the voice of God commanding him to be baptized and even Saul and did not steer away from even Saul. Ananias went in obedience to God to baptize even Saul and not at the request of Saul. Isn't that powerful? And Ananias experienced the testimony and the miracle of Saul who became Paul, the Apostle Paul, who went on missionary journeys, who was the biggest human influence in planting the Gentile church and in revolutionizing and changing church history. 
and we are still part of that today. Because the past did not matter. Ananias went, Saul was baptized, and lives were changed. I would love to think that from these three young people today, there will be a transformation life changing and pursuit in their own life, but also they will touch lives for Jesus like never before. They've had hurts in their lives. They've had questions in their lives. They've had transitions in their lives. But they've also had transformation in their lives. And I, as pastor, will tell you this 100%. I stand with them. I stand with them. Holy baptism is holy testimony of a holy week. I'm sorry, of a holy work of the grace of God in the heart of the now new believer. Let's transition. I'm going to ask these three to come up with their families as well. I want you to put yourselves on the front pews. Uh, Timothy and all the Deneens, all 95 of you that are here, I'm teasing. You can all come up. I, I invite you, I do. As well as uh, Ronald, not the burp, I'm sorry. Ronald and his dear sister, I started to say it wrong, I knew I was going to, Crystal, and your family. You see, I'm just a huge believer that this is a family affair. This is something families ought to celebrate with you and part of you and be in this together for you. This is not a light, easy decision from anybody or for anybody. Uh, Jonathan, can I borrow you for a minute to get this lid off? I don't want these folks in. in no, no. Forget it. It's already off. Don't take it off. Don't put it on. It's already off. Thank you. I want them to come up, and I want, uh, we're going to do these two first. And so I'm going to ask you as you come up, um, Ronald, if you would take at the foot of the steps and then your sister uh, behind you. And we're going to close your glorious family with your wonderful sister. You can just kind of start, but we're going to close with the glorious end of it all. I'm going to ask mom and dad to come up. I'm going to ask uh, uncle to come up. <coughs> and we are going to do this. I'm going to ask them these questions. Come on. All right. I'm going to ask you to go on up. I'm going to ask uh, you to stand back behind him. But mom and dad, if you would stand on each side of him and then what I'm going to have, one of you stand here and the other one stand on behind and on the side and then I'm going to stand. Oh yeah, you're getting wet. I hope it's warm. It is good. Uh-uh, uh-uh, turn around the other way. Put your feet down there into the rest of it. You're going to get really wet. Yeah, Dad, if you want to come up here. You want to come up here? Mom prepared the kids. She brought a washcloth so they could put it here so they wouldn't breathe it in. <laughs> Uncle, come on. You're part of the family. You don't get out of this, brother. <laughs> Mom and Dad are visiting from another church. They go to another church, so they're believers. But uh, this is a celebration, okay? And um, can I have you hold this? I'm going to get this jacket off. 
Um, Karen, can you come up and hold a microphone for me? Do you know, thank you, you have confessed your sins to Jesus yeah. and know that he has forgiven you? If so, say, I do. I do. You can do that at a wedding later on in life. <laughs> do you believe also that Jesus has a life that is deeper in discipleship from you, that is testifying by being baptized that you are ready to pursue? Yeah. Say, I do. I do. Okay, Dad, if you want to put here, Mom, if you want to put there, you can cover your nose. Then by the power vested in me in the church of the Nazarene, as well as in the ministry of call of Jesus, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You are now baptized into Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's give him a hand of applause. All right. You can get up and you can go back there. And then, sister, take your glasses off, if you would, please, for me, and give them to I don't care who. All right? But let's let him drip down there, okay? Baptisms are such a special Sunday and such a special time, whether it's Wednesday night after a football practice or whenever. And this is very special. You get to get wet now, young lady. At least it's warm. When I got baptized, it was uh, before I went to college, and it was an outdoor baptism in a surrounding area at Ferguson Church, and it was cold and cold water. So I'm glad, okay? I want to ask you the same questions, and afterward, say, I do, and um, then we will do it again, of course. Dad, you take your shoulder, and we're going to do the same thing like what we did before, all right? Crystal, Don, and I hope I'm saying this right, Lat Morado? Lat Mardo. Lat Mardo. She did it right. Do you know, and have you confessed your sins to Jesus and know that he's forgiven? Say, I do. Do you believe that Jesus has a life for you deeper in discipleship and from uh, this you are testifying that you are going to follow Jesus into that deeper life today? Say, I do. Okay, ready? Cover your nose. Okay. Help me. Crystal, Don, whatever she said, let Mardo. I baptize you in the name of the Father. Go ahead. The Son, the Holy Spirit, come on up. And you are part of being the baptized believers in Jesus Christ as well. Mama said, praise the Lord. Hallelujah, right? Two adult kids. Do you understand this? Most of our kids that we know get baptized a little younger, but these two adult kids and Mama and Daddy are here as well as Uncle are here to celebrate this. You may now get up dripping wet. And um, I think you've got a towel, yes? 
Okay, good. We're going to let these two get down because we've only got so much room up here, and then we're going to ask the entire family to come up. We're going to put uh, Chris Ann and David the same way we did with uh, these, the mom and dad, that mama and daddy. But we're going to um, bring um, uh, Timothy up as well. And uh, Timothy, give your glasses to I don't care who, because we don't want them flying away and floating away as well, okay? He's even got his shoes off. That's great. I want to share something, though, as they're coming up, as, as y'all are coming up. Timothy has a story. You know part of it. Here's the rest of it. He's following Jesus. We're done. Jesus is special. You get on up here, son. You ain't, no, no you're going to get, you're going to get wet. Whoever wants to be there and whoever wants to be here, I don't care. Whichever works for y'all. Careful. Isn't it wonderful? Again, parents can be alive when adult children come to do this. This is grace. This is special. This is celebrating. This is testimony. And we celebrate with Timothy, but also with the entire Deneen family in this holy, holy time. And we say thank you to the Deneen family for planting the word of God in the hearts of their kids, but also to Timothy for saying and coming up to me and saying, can I get baptized? As I've shared before, that just hasn't happened almost in any church ever, and I have been at ministry for 50 years, and it's none of your business how old I am now. I started when I was five. No. I didn't. All right. Um, I'm going to ask you the questions. I want you to put your hand over your fingers over your nose and then grab it or whatever you got to do to keep from breathing in water, okay? Timothy James Deneen, do you know that you have confessed your sins to Jesus and that he has forgiven you if you so say I do? I do. Do you believe that Jesus has a life for you in deeper discipleship and are you willing to pursue that and including into even a deeper life and being filled with the Holy Spirit? If so, say I do. I do. Timothy, James, Deneen, you two do this because of my shoulder, but I'm going to do it. I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Um, nothing. You may now get up and uh, get his towel that he for you guys forgot. That's great. And uh, that grin on their face is not accidental, folks. That's holy, that's holy, holy grinning and happiness. And um, this entire family, wow. I have not been around a family that has been this supportive in, in a lot of my churches. So thank you to the entire Deneen family. As all of this church has been very supportive of us. You can go on out and be drippy out there. We don't care. We'll let you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I want to tell you, I am celebrating. I'm celebrating Jesus, first of all. Jesus is the one that has made such a revolutionary and transformative life in each of the lives of these three individuals. Oh, Karen, I'm going to need that notebook sometime real quick. Um, afterward, I forgot to give it to your family. Um, I'm going to be giving uh, each of these individuals or their family certificates of baptism that we have because I want them to take them and frame them. We've got them here. You can take that now. Thank you, baby doll. I'm sorry. Thank you, Pastor Joe.
You'll get over it. But I celebrate Jesus, first of all. I celebrate obedience, second of all, in the lives of these three individuals. Again, let me share this with you. This is not a light decision. This is a holy decision. This is a decision they weighed in the balances. This is a decision they took time about. And this is a decision that you also can do if you want to be rebaptized. Whether you're internet land or here, or you're in some way connected to the church, we will do it again as a restatement. There is nothing as I've shared before. There are people who disagree with me, but that's okay. Here's what I believe. Here's what I see in Scripture. Nothing, nothing that says you can't come back and make a reaffirmation and a new testimony of Jesus. That you're deciding to follow him and have a new infilling of the Holy Spirit and following him in a deeper way. I truly believe that. And so I want us to celebrate with these three. I want us all to come alongside of these three. I don't want it to be all family that does it. I'm going to encourage all of us to do it, to all of them and anyone else. We have visitors here today. This is not what we normally do, but it's celebration. And we want you to know that we celebrate you as well. And we are glad you are here. Before I pray, and we're going to close in prayer, I want us to sing a song. I think you know it. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back, no turning back, the cross before me, the world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me, the cross before me, the world behind me, no turning back, no turning back, though none go with me. Still I will follow the none go with me. Still I will follow though none go with me. Still I will follow no Come on up here. Um, I'm going to have you pray a dismissal prayer. This is a complete surprise to her. She's gotten so used to not knowing what she's doing. Um, 
in spite of being an engineer and wanting to know where everything and everything and everything is and is going. And um, I'm blessed. I'm going to ask Karen to um, dismiss us in prayer, and that will give me time to shoot back real quick so I can meet some of you. Karen, please. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the specialness of it. We thank you for the proclamation that these three have made, that they are yours and that they are following you and that none go with them, still they will follow you. Father, as we move out of this place and as we become the church in action as opposed to just the church in this place, help us to follow you. Help us to show others that we are yours. We ask this in Jesus' name. Be with us as we go. Amen. Thanks for listening to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. We hope you were inspired by this week's message. We'd love for you to join us on a Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. We are located at 3924 High Street Northwest in Warren, Ohio. You can also join us on Facebook Live. For more information about our ministries, or if you'd like to contribute to our ministries online, visit us at championnaz.org.